Pastor Doug here from Crossroads. It's great to be with you. I hope that today's message will draw you closer to Jesus. Do you ever mess up the Christmas story? You somehow make Christmas into this uh, Hollywood or Hallmark movie version. You know, good-looking actors, a few bumps along the way, but everything ends with a happy ending. Not quite like the Christmas story is told in Matthew or Luke. Maybe you enter Christmas 2022, and it's not all mistletoe and Christmas cheer. Maybe you even are stepping into this with a little bit of fear, wondering if God is near. And if that's where you're at, you're not at all alone. As a matter of fact, throughout the Christmas story, we find people standing in fear. Four different times, we have angels speaking the words, fear not, do not be afraid. And I don't think that's coincidental. Uh, I believe that Jesus came to release us from that fear. And some of us here tonight, we just need to hear those words spoken by God directly to us. Fear not. Do not be afraid. Now, there are some common fears that we're comfortable talking about or even admitting. Then there are those other fears, you know, that we sort of just keep hidden. Uh, let me give you five of the top 10 common fears that we're more comfortable talking about. And let's see if any of them relate to you. And, and we'll just ask for, if you're here, a show of hands. How about the fear of heights? Raise your hand. Anybody heights bother them? Yeah, there's some of you. You, you get that, right? How about this one? Fear of snakes. I do not like snakes. Don't want to touch them. Okay, now you get it. How about doing just this fear of public speaking? You're like, oh, that's outside my comfort zone. Yeah, a number of you. Uh, uh, some of you, you're all about spiders. That's not your thing. Any spider people here? Yeah, not your thing. Uh, and then another one that we'll easily admit to is a fear of claustrophobia. You know, those tight spaces. I often think, you know, that caving or splunking looks really cool. But then I think about getting into that tight space all around me. Like, oh, no, no, no. That is definitely not for me. And those are fears that we can easily talk about and admit to one another. But there's the other fears that, man, we seem to keep hidden. Uh, that fear of loneliness. That fear of living a life without purpose. Or the fear of living a life that doesn't make a difference or an insignificant life. A fear of failure or a fear of change, a fear of not being perfect, a fear of not being loved, a fear of being found out. You know that stuff that we like to keep hidden in the dark being brought to light. Or how about a fear of disappointment or even a fear of unanswered prayer? We find our first fear not of the Christmas story in Luke chapter 1. And it's a story of Zechariah. And we read these words. While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. And Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, don't be afraid. Zechariah's fear is more than just seeing that heavenly angel. There are some things that he has feared in his life. He's feared and experienced disappointment and wondering why God isn't answering his prayers. 
Zachariah and his wife Elizabeth are up there in age and they are childless and they are righteous. And in the midst of doing his priestly duties, Zachariah encounters this messenger from God saying that you're going to have this son. And and Zachariah, well, I mean, he just can't believe. He just can't accept what the angel is saying to him. He's skeptical, to put it lightly. And his reward is simply to have his lips zipped or to have his tongue tied. The man, for how long had Zachariah and Elizabeth just been longing for a child, praying to God for a child? And finally, they hear word that it's going to happen, but it's disbelief. It's that fear of disappointment, that fear of unanswered prayer. If you've ever been there in our doubt, in our discouragement we wonder maybe our prayers just hitting the ceiling and God doesn't hear or maybe even worse he hears but doesn't answer maybe we lack faith or obedience it's easy to lose hope whenever we go on living with unanswered prayer for a long time we pray for that fulfillment of a dream or a relationship that we've been longing for that healing to take place in our life that career Freedom from an addiction or suffering or pain. Pray for mental, emotional, or physical healing. But after years of praying and not hearing anything or getting our prayers answered the way we want them to, it leads to discouragement, to disappointment. And sometimes, like Zachariah or Elizabeth, God answers our prayers not when we want or even in the ways that we expect. So if you're struggling with fear like Zachariah struggled with fear, what you need to do, don't hide your fear. Don't push it or bury it away. You address it, you deal with it. By asking some of these questions, do I trust God's promises? Have I surrendered to God's timing? Do I acknowledge that God's ways are often different than mine? Do I believe that God is always working for my good? You wrestle through questions like that to deal through with and to go through your fear. Now, the second fear knot that we encounter just a little bit later in the book of Luke. And here we encounter Mary's story. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. When this angel of the Lord appears to a humble teenager with this life-altering news, Mary's confused, she's shaken, she's disturbed, she's troubled, she's concerned. God breaks in and asks her to do the impossible with something that will so change the course, the trajectory of her life. Come on, if you and I were married, you know what kind of questions we'd ask. Well, what are we going to tell our parents? Forget our parents. What am I going to tell Joseph? What are people going to say behind my back? Will anybody believe this crazy story? What's going to happen to my reputation? But Mary's response, it isn't a fear of relationships or reputation. She only has a technical question. In verse 34, we read, how can this happen since I'm a virgin? 
Her fear isn't one of believability, it's one of biology. It's not a question of if, but a question of how. Do you ever let fear consume you when you wonder how is this ever going to happen? How will this ever get resolved or get fixed? How can I get through what I'm being asked to do? How can God break through in what feels like an impossible situation? Whether you're facing the impossible task of healing a damaged or a broken relationship, dealing with a chronic illness, grieving the loss of a loved one, digging out of years of debt, healing from abuse. If you're struggling with the fear like Mary did, you deal with that fear by going to trust. When God calls you to do the unimaginable as he did with Mary, you can overcome this fear by accepting and trusting his purpose and plan for your life. A life of meaning and purpose, even if it's the life you wanted, asked for, or dreamed of. Is trust a difficult thing for you or does it come a little bit easier to you? When I think about trust, I, I go back a, a couple of decades. We were living in Florida and we'd go to the East Coast to like this family-like resort. And one of the activities there was a trapeze. And there's a certain level of trust whenever you climb one of the trapeze, right? Will the bar, will the cables hold me? When I lose my grip and fall, will the net catch me? But the really stretching part for me is whenever the instructor says, now come on, get up there on your knees, put your knees over the bar, let go with your hands, that's a different level of trust. But then without being able to see anything, he says, release, because there's somebody there that's ready to catch you. There's somebody there that you can't see and their hands are outstretched and you release, trusting that there is that person there that knows what they're doing a whole lot more than what you do. Isn't that the way with God? In our fear, we have to release it and just trust in him. Our third fear not is found in the book of Matthew, and it's the fear of Joseph. We read it like this. Joseph, to whom Mary was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. Now, as he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Fear of Joseph, whenever he hears that Mary, his fiance, is pregnant. You can understand that he's just unsure what to think. I mean, her story seems just so unbelievable. Joseph's an honorable man. He's a well-respected man. And he has to wonder what other people are going to think. So he's developed a plan to leave Mary quietly. And he's just about to execute the plan whenever an angel considers and addresses his fear head on. Because Joseph is dealing with these questions of an unknown future as many of us do. How do I know if I'm going to be making the right decision? Am I going to be shunned or ostracized? Where will we go? How will we survive? How can I protect my family? What does my future hold? This just seems so incredibly illogical. And if you're dealing with fear like Joseph dealt with fear, 
It all comes down to obedience. Because Joseph listened and obeyed, not knowing the consequences of his decision. And he decided to take that next step of faith. Now, come on, for so many of us, we want all the details. You can imagine Joseph wanted all the details, not just the next step that the angel was giving him. He wanted the full picture. He wanted every step. Have you experienced that though? You want all the details. You all want all the steps. And if you or I continue to wait in fear for all of the steps to be revealed to us, we never take that first step of faith to begin with. The fourth and final fear not of the Christmas story is the shepherds. And we see their story in Luke 2. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I give you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Scripture doesn't tell us how many shepherds that we don't have their names. There's a little bit of disagreement about their social status. But it would be very fair to describe them as humble, common laborers working the night shift. Maybe not the most likely group to receive such an announcement that's going to change the course of human history. And the appearance of the angel struck some fear in them But man, the whole idea of seeing the Savior, the Messiah, as a helpless babe just rocked their world. If you've never thought about it like this, if you've never got this part of the Christmas story before, think about it like this. Anytime, anytime God showed up in the old covenant, he was always all-powerful, all-holy. And here we get to this new covenant, this new beginning. And it's God as a babe, a helpless babe in a lowly manger. It's this radical new message. You no longer have to be afraid if you seek and you find Jesus, a new savior to bring good news of joy to all people. And if you're struggling with fear the way that the shepherds were, It's all about courage. Courage to leave their comfort zone and find Jesus. And then return eventually to their everyday jobs praising God. Courage to share the good news with everyone they met along the way. For 2,000 years, people like you and I have had to deal with fear. And every time, Jesus offers us freedom from our fears. Do you understand that underneath all fears is that fear of being abandoned or alone? That all enduring fear comes from being emotionally disconnected from a loving relationship. The U.S. Health Resources and Services has labeled our country with a loneliness epidemic. And our Formal, former Surgeon General, in talking about all of this, he, he says it and summarizes like this, a lack of relationships makes life's fears harder to cope with. 
God didn't design you and I to do it on our own, to live life solo. We're meant to be in community with one another, to be in relationship with our Heavenly Father, to help deal with and work through our fears. Not isolation, but community. Arthur C. Brooks summarizes it like this. says, the math here is easy. More isolation plus more hostility equals less love. And less love equals more fear. To reduce fear, we need to bring more love into our lives. There's a calling for this sense of connectedness again and again throughout the New Testament. The word to be with and to be for one another. To be in community. And this whole idea of it's love that just pushes out fear. That anytime we're encountering fear, the answer is always love. Isn't new to us. Because it was said like this in 1 John. And so we know and rely on the love of God has for us. Because God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God. And God in them. This is how love is made complete among us. So that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear. And if you can just tuck that truth in your mind, that in the days or years or hopefully even decades of your life, when fear comes knocking and wants to take up residence in your life, It wants to own your brain space. It wants to consume you. It wants to have an impact on the way that you live your life. That if you can remember that you turn again and again and again to Jesus' perfect love to push out that fear. On your connection card, whether you're in person or online, it just reads like this. It says, Entrust. And trust, I ask God to drive out my fear of, and then there's just that big old blank. To just drive out that fear and replace it with the perfect love of Jesus. I've carved out space over my next two weeks as a denomination. We have this week of prayer fasting that any of you that just want to own this, if there's a fear that just needs driven out of your life, it's just like taking up brain space. It is harming your soul. It is impacting your relationships. It's just time to evict that fear, I want you just to put that down on the connection card. I want to be praying for you by name over the weeks to come. And if you're looking for some very practical next steps to take, things you can do in the very next like 36 hours to have a fear not Christmas, it goes from sort of the simple to the more difficult. The first thing is this, bring your fear into the light. Find a trusted person and tell them what you fear. Tell them how fear is impacting your life. Somebody that you can trust. Somebody that's going to care for you and pray for you. The second step, tell someone you love them. That might sound pretty easy. Tell someone you don't normally tell that you love them. That person that you appreciate, that you admire, that you're grateful for. Just tell them you love them. Third step, take a risk with your love. I always love the way that Andy Stanley phrases the question, what does love require of me? Because when you ask that question, Jesus' love will push you to take 
risks to get out of your comfort zone in the way that you love the people that God places around you in your life. And that last step. Would you just trust God with your greatest fears? Say, God, not hiding from you. This one's running space in my brain. This one's impacting my soul. This one's harming my relationships. It's turning me into somebody I don't want to be living a life I never desired to live. Just ask God, would you clearly and plainly speak into my life those words? Do not be afraid. Fear not. Allow the perfect love of Jesus to push fear out of your life. How we're going to close out our time together. So we're going to share the light and love of Jesus with those around us. In just a few moments, I'm going to invite you to come up, some of you to come up here and take the light from me and take it back and pass it around to those that are sitting near you. So here's some of the invitations I want to extend to you. If this past year you've dealt honestly with your fear, you've owned it, you've not let it control you, you've given it over to God and that perfect love of Jesus has driven it out, would you come forward and would you take the light and love of Jesus and pass it to those around you? Maybe this past year, God's asked you to do something that's taking you well outside of your comfort zone. But in obedience, you've done it. You've forgiven someone. You've asked for forgiveness from someone. You've been obedient to God. Maybe 2022 has been a year of trust. To deal and work through your fear, you have had to trust God and his goodness and his love when life has not seemed good or full of love. Maybe you've taken a significant spiritual step in your life. You've been baptized. You've committed your life to Jesus. You've recommitted your life to Jesus. If any of those things apply to you, as I pray, you can go ahead and just come on up and take the light from me. And you can take it back and give it to the people around you. I invite you to share the light, the love of Jesus. Let us pray. Father, we ask that tonight that we could hear those words from you. Fear not. Do not be afraid. Some people sitting here tonight, fears consumed them, it's owned them, it's rented space in their brain. They've played those fears over and over and over. It's turning them into somebody you never desired them to be, living a life you never desired them to live. May they release those fears to you, replace them with the perfect love of Jesus. Father, this Christmas, may we remember that you have given your one and only son. He's a babe in the manger, but then intensive years of ministry, followed by giving his perfect life, sinless life, paying the penalty for all of our sins on the cross. 
But the story doesn't stop there. Three days later, Jesus defeated death, walked out of that empty tomb. And because of that assurance, we have no fear of death. We are assured of life with you to its fullest in the here and now and for all of eternity. And you still keep speaking and you still keep moving and you continue to share your light and your love with a hurting and broken world. Jesus, we bring you into the center of it all. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening. Any step you take towards Jesus is a step in the right direction. You can find out more about us at crbic.org. That's crbic.org.